G'day, my name is Chris Anderson and welcome to the Ando & Co podcast. Uh, today I'm really excited to sit down with Luke from Soapbox Brewing and Soapbox is the location where I run my first Friday of the month uh, beers with mates as well. So we've known each other for quite a while but first time getting a chance to sit down and find out a little bit more about yeah. Hi, Chris. all that Soapbox. Thank yeah. you Luke. Uh, Ando & Co, where's the rest of the co? Exactly, this is just me right now. Yeah. So, but a couple of lonely, lonely blokes in a pub having a beer. Exactly, yeah. But I think part partly, um, I've actually just re I've rebranded the podcast from Brisbane Wisdom to Ando and Co. Purely so that it would just be more relaxed, and I can just sit down and have a conversation with someone. And so the co is you today, right? Okay, yeah. So good um, company, no worries. Awesome. Well, Luke, what can you tell us about yourself just to start out? Uh, well, we're sitting here having this conversation over a beer. Yep. Um, spend a lot of time here in, at Soapbox Beer, sometimes behind the bar, sometimes in the brewery, all over the place, really. We're running a small business is, um, is like that. You, you spread yourself around the place. But yep. um, I, I guess part of it is how I ended up here and... Um, hesitate but the beer's the reason um, yeah gonna start by maybe introducing the first beer that we're drinking here yep um, it is a conversation over a beer because <laughs> we're in a craft brewery and it's all about the beer exactly so I've got a, a neat little hazy to um, accompany the conversation today it's uh, oh, you know a little bit fruity we added a fair bit of bitterness to this beer just to make it beer like so it's not too juicy um it's how we like to to consume i guess but yeah it's um adding to the atmosphere and this is the chitter chatter so it's, it's aptly called, named it's called chitter chatter which is why we're um having a bit of a chitter chatter yeah um lots of our beers are named after figures of speech or or you know something associated with conversation associated with getting on your soapbox and having a bit of an opinion, which is exactly how uh, our company came to be named, Soapbox Beer. We were having a few beers one night, as happens. We were saving the world and we decided that maybe we should probably share our opinions about other beers. (laughs) But that's how how we became Soapbox Beer. Have an opinion after a couple of beers and get on your soapbox. And, and so when you say get on your soapbox, it's you were sitting down trying a whole lot of different beers, deciding what you liked or what you could do differently if you were to brew them yourself? No, it had nothing to do with that. Okay. It, it was, um, no, it was just a regular Saturday night having some bevies and, yeah, it as happens fairly often when you have a few beers, you do get a bit more opinionated and, um, yeah, happened to save the world that night and decide to open a, a craft brewery. <laughs> And uh, and obviously we have this another thing about this beer. I understand it's just won an award. Uh, yeah, this one's picked up a, a bronze at the local Queensland um, R and A run food and wine, food wine and beer awards. Um, yeah, it's we're pretty happy with that. It's um, fairly new categories, the hazies, so to win an award for something that we hadn't read the style guide before we made it or is. Is pretty good, but we don't necessarily make beer to a style guide anyway. So yeah. it's um, yeah, yeah, we're pretty stoked to pick up a bronze there. Awesome. 
And so there was that Saturday night, obviously a few beers, started to get opinionated, decide you're going to save the world and open up your own craft brewery. Where to from there? Well, that, that was... <laughs> the Between that night and opening a craft brewery, there's probably seven years of... Um, six or seven years of, of a gap to fill in, but this is only a 45-minute podcast, right? <laughs> uh, so what really happened was Scott and I, who was the other founder here, were drinking his homebrew and we decided that was pretty good. We were at a, our kids went to school together at the time and the, I think it was probably a, a kiddie party where the homebrew got handed around and um, everyone was complimentary and from there started making a bit of homebrew with Scott and picked up an interest in homebrew again and we're started talking about um, possibilities, I guess. And one of the parents there had had something to do in the alcohol industry and uh, had made some kirsch before. And I said, yeah, the process is all, you know, it's age old. What could possibly go wrong? So, you know, jump a couple of steps to talking about it a bit more freely and whether we could actually achieve it. Yeah, I got a text. I was went back to work, interstate. Get a text from Scott with a sixty thousand dollar Alibaba brewery on it. And this is what we need. We can do this. Sixty thousand bucks. We're away. Of course, that brewery wasn't to um, Australian standard, and it wasn't didn't contain all the bits that you need to actually make beer. It was um, a bit of a showpiece thing, but it, it started the conversation. And needless to say, our brewery didn't cost sixty thousand bucks. But it, it's it was as a conversation starter. It meant you know we started embarking on something we knew nothing about, and it was a easy research um, starting position. That's why it took five years from there. We didn't know how to write a business plan. Mm-hmm. Had to learn that before you advance to the next bit. So, and what just out of interest. What were you both doing prior to deciding you were going to run a craft brewery together? What sort of roles uh, were you? I, I was uh, um, a cameraman, so I used to do drama, TV drama, yep. film drama. Yeah. Um, and Scott was in a sales role at a corporate, and yeah, he, we think we were both looking for a bit of a challenge at the time. Yep. Um, maybe a different direction. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, it was um, options. There were options there and they they all seemed attractive and, um, you know, they they all all added a little bit of intrigue and spice to your life too, to Mm. start a brand, start a business, um, one that involved something clearly we both liked Mm -hmm. being in the product and it's product driven still. So we we liked beer. Um, That's how we got into this mess. like most big decisions, uh, they're beer assisted. <laughs> yeah, and um, and so obviously thinking about that business plan, um, you you mentioned Scott was doing some home brewing. Did you do some home brewing as well? Yeah, I'd done some previously, and having met Scott, it got me back into it. Yeah, and the, the little. Everyone around um, 
the, the kids' school started to hear about it, and we, because of that network, was, we had a, an approach from another dad at school who said, oh, I've actually done this before. I've set up a microbrewery over in WA. I'm no longer involved in it, but I really liked that the process, and I said, my background's a, as a, an engineer. If you need a hand with... Um, sorting out your Alibaba quote, then, then come and see us. I've done this before. And so we sat down with Greg, and we, by that stage we had moved on from Alibaba and had a decent number of quotes for, for equipment, but we settled on a supplier that was uh, manufacturer direct in China, and then Greg, who's now our brewer, um, started combing through that, and he added a couple hundred hours of um, engineering expertise to the to the process um, before the, the equipment landed and yeah, Greg's at the end of that process he'd come up to us and said, oh, so who's going to use all this equipment? <laughs> I was like, yeah, well, that, that's a pretty good question. Um, we, we have homebrew knowledge and I'm sure we can fumble our way through it, but um, I treated homebrewing a little like cooking where you, you know what you want to achieve, you know what the, the dish is called, um, but also happy to season it as required so treated homebrewing a little bit like that always an experiment mm. and trying to achieve a better result whereas greg certainly adds science to any ideas we come with come up with and um he he adds the repeatability and the the um, expertise and we still come up with ideas and he goes on holiday, we do a batch, we fix what he usually does and make it more hoppy and everyone mm-hmm. likes it more and he comes mm-hmm. back and says, what did you do? So, you know, there's we required his his knowledge to actually make it all work and yeah. luckily at the, the end of that engineering process, he said, yeah, someone's got to make this work, can I do it? And, yeah, three years later, he's still here awesome. brewing beer for us. Awesome. And it's interesting why... My dad used to homebrew, and I've never done one with him, but he used to do it with his dad. And they were in a brewer's club, and dad used to be a telephone technician. So obviously he'd be around with a lot of different people's houses, and quite often he'd see that there was some homebrewing equipment there. And he was like, oh, have you homebrewed? And he said he only had to ask like, enough times to realise that most people's homebrew is awful, yeah. that he should just never mention anything about it ever again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, homebrew has come along way since that was quite um, a long time ago yeah yeah there's a lot of homebrewers have got uh, equipment at least equal to the equipment we've got it just at a different scale yeah um and even the the cheaper all-in-one breweries that you can get from a homebrew shop uh, perform remarkably yeah you can make great beer at home these days yeah in fact you know a lot of the ideas are coming out of homebrewers they're Mm. quite inventive as well as producing quality product they're um yeah interesting i I know for dad he would make a bitter and a stout with the two main beers that he wanted to make but i think back then home brewing was almost like you you did it because it was cheaper than yeah buying beer so it was just that was it was quite a simple it wasn't necessarily getting like fruity and crazy the way that we do now but it was more just oh how do i make a regular beer that i can drink yeah I suspect that was the, the motivation a while back, but now homebrewers probably spend more per batch than, you know, it certainly wouldn't be cheaper 
than some of the inventive stuff that's coming out, like you say, the fruited or overhopped beers that yeah. we just don't do on a big scale that yeah. you can do as a 20 litre batch. So, yeah. Awesome. And what's it? So, obviously, you, you found the, you from the group of friends that were the parents at school, how old were your kids at the time, around about? Uh, maybe seven was the start of the conversation. <laughs> yeah. And they're, they're teenagers now they're yeah yeah towards the end of their high school years but yeah yeah look one of the mums at school was um did all our branding our logo done an unreal job and um there are other parents that added um other bits and pieces to the to the journey yeah yeah. and it's been a fairly valuable network that little school we've um served beer at school fates and uh the art show nights and continue to do that and yeah it's been a, a nice lot of support from the, that local community and that was the school in brisbane yeah 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 and um and so obviously you you've met each other you've found your brewer you've got all the equipment at what point did you find the venue yeah the the, the venue was a it's a bit of a journey too the venue is probably the um Signing the lease is a big commitment, mm. so it was the point at which you go right. This is real; it's happening. Um, it's a, that was the first big financial milestone, I guess. So we looked around Brizzy for a while. We wanted to be fairly central city fringe or thereabouts. Um, we'd looked around a whole bunch of. Um, warehouse style places that were, were vaguely suitable um every, at the time probably six years ago we started looking the, every warehouse um thought they were going to get the tap on the shoulder from a developer and be able to sell out for squillions of dollars so mm. finding a lease that was um give that gave us enough flexibility or long enough to pay back the, the investment was was pretty tough. Mm. Um, the yeah, everywhere had demolition clauses just in case that like the leases could get out of the the arrangement. But but we looked at a few places. Went to council with with a, another place for a bit of a, an opinion on whether they'd let us do it, and they said no, yeah, no chance. Um, so that process was it took a while. It's mm. probably we, we could have done it quicker, but um, we weren't absolutely desperate because it, it is that that milestone. It was it gave us time to double check. We were still both of us worked um, mm. through that period, so we're still both employed. And yeah, we came across this place, and the landlord was particularly supportive. He um, was happy with with our terms, so we've got a, a long lease and a long options without demolition clauses and was happy to in, engage in what we were undertaking so um, yeah a, a really supportive landlord made it easy to to commit and I think for me coming here first Friday of every month the people who join me for beers at mates are appreciative that it's just around the corner you can go anywhere you want in the valley as well like location wise it's probably one of the best breweries in Brisbane yeah we're part of the entertainment precinct there's exactly. a bunch of other options uh, after we close, yeah, yeah, it's um, yeah, we, we like being part of the the valley and the being 
in amongst it all, I guess. Yeah. So I think the interesting thing too is uh, I'm sort of mid thirties these days, and while I used to be a little club rat running around the valley back in my twenties, <laughs> it seems like all of us at about our age, we this is the thing: we come to a brewery, have some dinner, have a few beers, head hunt. Yeah. We finish by sort of ten thirty. That's our crowd. Most of the time, yeah. Yep. That's you sum up our crowd. We're open till midnight Friday, Saturday, and yeah. I'm pretty sure I've kicked you out once or twice. Yeah. But um, come midnight, see you later, Chris. You, you've overstayed. <laughs> yeah. Not welcome anymore. But come back again in a month. Yeah. So yeah, look, it, it's it, our crowd is possibly not the crowd that uh, partaking in the rest of the nightlife around the valley, but it, it, it's it's gives us something to do here too. So. Yeah. 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 No, I, I certainly appreciate that for if I have people on the north side or if I have people on the south side, this is close to transport. It's easy for everyone to get to and they appreciate it. So I'm yeah. Yeah, yeah, look, we, we were keen to be somewhere fairly central, but we've got good public transport around us and it is accessible and great street visibility. Yeah. So yeah, well, I guess the, the challenges of coming into a place like this were still managing all the production mm. um, possibilities, I guess. So the brewery isn't a massive space, but it, it's got pretty good capacity for um, what we need. So, but again, the, the building wasn't without its challenges, being an old building in, in the middle of the city. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Funnily enough, there's no gas connected here. And just looking at the six-lane road out the front, that was a... a fairly involved process to deliver gas yep. to, to the building, but it was just one of those challenges that we had setting up. So Yeah. And just thinking about starting a brewing business, where did you start with the range of beers and what's happened since then? Uh, yeah, look, where we started was you do require a range. Mm. Uh, we started with what we liked that we had variance and difference so no point having 10 parallels but um you, you need a couple of crowd pleasers mm-hmm. and interestingly enough one of them's changed since we opened the parallels remain pretty similar and a standard mm-hmm. and it's our biggest seller but the ipa is um similar but it hasn't changed much since we opened so yeah there's the the lager when we opened we started off with a, a German style Kolsch, so a, a, an ale similar to a lager, mm-hmm. and it's gone by the wayside and been replaced with something a bit more traditional. It's a bit hoppier, but it's to, to style, but it's um, it's our approachable beer, I guess. And they're, they're the only three standards. So we, when we opened, we thought we'd need a uh, a stable range that people would keep coming back for. As it turns out. Three, three beers is enough to do that and everything else rotates. Um, so looking at the wall today, there's there's double IPA. So there's the hoppy end of the spectrum. There's a sweet beer. There's a um, you know, interesting uh, hard tea. So and three of those rotate often. And then the others um, seem to have, I guess, repetitive crowd favourites that come and go and mm. yeah I remember when I first came here obviously driving as well that I could get a semi-dark beer that was low alcohol that was quite interesting for me too what is that still around or 
Yeah, it's depends one on that's, the year. Depends on, depends on the season. No, it, it, it'll get brewed again in the next couple of weeks. So that's turned into a um, a once a year mm-hmm. offering. So around winter, we'll produce a so two point nine percent English milds is the style of beer yeah. it is. But it's a, yeah, it, it it was popular for the first year we made it, but um, it didn't sell particularly well over COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's turned into a once a year thing. But again, it was something that we intended that when we opened, we intended to make that a, a year round beer. But yeah, um, yeah, the, the consumers of our, our crowd have um, dictated that that's a, a once a year beer. So that's something we've learned. Yeah. yeah. And thinking about the beer that you would usually reach for, is there something that I think. Monday night versus Friday night versus Saturday night. What would be your pick? <laughs> uh, yeah, so that that is a a nice way to phrase that. I was going to say there's ten of my personal favourites <laughs> on the wall. In my biased opinion, they're all great. But um, yeah, look, it, you, you do feel like different things at different times. There's some beers up there that just aren't to my palate, and I possibly only have them to taste their quality. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, that's important to make make a range to to you know entice people that don't want to drink the same commercial beer or the same craft beer even but over and over of course there there are you know Monday maybe you do feel like just drinking pale ale or um chitter chatter today is Monday yeah correct yeah yeah um and so in terms of, like, obviously you've got this great space down here. I love that you've got the ability to have a massive space upstairs as well. And it seems like you've got some groups who are able to come through and, and fill that space and, and have big events there. Like, venue-wise, for me, running events that I would hope would be anywhere between sort of 20 and 100 people is so great to be at a brewery that has that ability to, to do that depending on the knock. Or eat, or even more than a hundred. If I if I really did well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. You, you can do better. Yeah, <laughs> um, we we can cater for three hundred upstairs. So yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a big old space. It's it's different to the downstairs. So downstairs, you're in amongst the brewery. It's part of the whilst production doesn't often happen in um, while the venue's open. There's often activity in the brewery, so you're part of it on a different level. But you can see in there, yeah, it's it's supposed to be somewhat integrated, meaning you you know that you're in a production facility and mm. you're drinking the the beer that was designed and made here. Yeah, Up, upstairs is its own little vibe. It's a it's a big old hall. It was a ballroom dancing hall for thirty years. Um, the older listeners will remember it as. Um, Orchid's dance studio and it, it taught a lot of um, Brisbane Knights how to ballroom dance ready for their weddings but um, it's now a, a, a big old hall that caters for yeah, all sorts mm. so, awesome. including beers with mates when you get your <laughs> three, you. hit the 300 <laughs> that's certainly the goal and, um, and so if you were to think about um, what would be exciting for you to happen over, let's say, the next three months, is it a new beer, or is it 
getting into new stores? Is it getting more people to the brewery? What's what's sort of exciting for oh, you? All of the above. Clearly, that's what we do. So, it, like this week, we'll release uh, sour stout, a barrel aged sour red beer. Mm-hmm. Um, both of those are uh, the stout's a new beer. The reds are a yearly recurring beer, but it's a we only produce fifteen cartons of each, so they're fairly specialised, limited edition sort of mm-hmm. things. Um, before we started talking, uh, Greg and I were talking about the next uh, canning event, which will include uh, at least one new release. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we're, we're constantly planning that, that product cycle, and people want new stuff all the time out of craft breweries, as well as um, also wanting to just go to what they know so it's sort of it's a i don't know what it's like to run a craft brewery but there's an expectation that the regular beers that you like and enjoy are always exactly the same as when you had them previously but you also want to try new stuff so it's sort yeah. of a, a yeah, juggling it, act it is a juggling <laughs> act we, we don't um particularly we follow a guideline and a recipe for each of our repetitive beers the, the three that are the, the lager, the pale, and the IPA. But it, it, again, we're we're a small, um, fairly low production volume brewery. We're we're using natural ingredients. Mm-hmm. We we don't we think that the variance between batches is part of what we do. Mm. Um, we're happy for a little bit of variance. I know that wasn't quite what you're asking, but there's always the same pale ale. It might yeah. taste a little bit different next time, but. Um, it's it's the same beer. It's got the same name on it. It's just, you know. Yeah. Well, I think the uh, more That's so. Crap. I think the the interesting thing is that yeah, the expectation is that it's both constant and varied out of the same company. You know, like oh, I know that you're going to make the same thing that I drink all the time. And it's going to be delicious. Yeah. But I, I, regularly, I want to see new beers, and I'm probably not going to drink a lot of them, but I'm going yeah. to try them. Yeah, that's right. And that's that. You sum up pretty much the the craft consumer. Um, we need a co- constant product rotation, but um, it, they're f- fairly low volume yeah. and small turnaround. Just do something interesting that people try once. You'll get you know, one person who buys one can as part of a mixed four packet at a bottle shop, then come in needing a carton of it because it was the best thing they ever tasted. Yeah, and then the next person that tries it in a in a paddle will say, "Oh." I'm glad I only had 150 mils of that. That's bloody awful. So, you know, it's they're all technically well-made beers, but everyone's got different tastes and flavors, and that's why we we do that constant um, product testing on you, I guess. And, and speaking about the, the people that come in and drink the beer, obviously, I've been doing this for quite a while, meeting a whole lot of people coming through the door. Has uh, has it been a similar crowd the whole time? Has that has that sort of changed? And what generally are their taste buds looking for? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I don't think our our crowd has changed too much since day one. Yeah, um, we've got a kitchen that pumps out interesting stuff too, and that's part of their charter. Is to you know, we're doing interesting turnover of different different um, beers. We need to do the same thing with the food offerings and. Have, have little tastes there or a standard mm. you know, if you want the standard 
that you used to every time you go to the pub. No worries, we can do that just like a parallel. Or that's not to say we don't do different parallels either. But it, it, there's something there that you always know, or there's a, a little taste that might be unique and, and different. And I think also, I, typically when I come here, I'm coming from work, and so like the dinner option will always be good. And I, like popcorn chicken or sliders or something like that yeah. like very much create places but there's yeah, also right. delicious options that just pop up here and there that like there was a pork knuckle i had here one night i remember that was a little while ago probably during Oktoberfest or yeah, something yeah, like that an Oktoberfest special but that they were pretty special uh, yeah yeah very memorable yeah yeah so, and it, yeah it's it was cool well it is cool um to always be able to come here, know that I enjoy the beers, good to have people here that I want to speak to, but yeah, the food here is also spot on. So. Yeah, well, it's the same theory as that we were just talking about with, with craft beer. It's, it's, you've got to have the crowd pleasers, but also the the little bits of interest that you know do either challenge or tempt. So, you know, we've got some beers like that too. So there's, looking at the board, there's a margarita sour up there that's not for everyone but yeah. it, it's a, a taste um, difference mm. so yeah it's it's for me but it's not for everyone yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. we do, do have beers like that that are just made for for us well it's, it's also the case that you for those sorts of different beers you only need to have one but you don't necessarily need to have a pint either to still have enjoyed the beer no, that's right like it's a different flavour just to have that and then go to something else yep Absolutely, yeah, and yeah, we're we're always looking for those opportunities. Mm. And is there anything else you'd like to talk about before we wrap up for today? Uh, like what? Anything you like? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I thought I, we're almost finished. I, I was actually we've almost finished our beer. Yeah. So I was thinking maybe we're going to press pause before we. Um... Well, let's do that. Right, eh? Let's do that. Um... And we're back. Luke, what are we drinking? Uh, well, it's all gone. We, we paused to rehydrate, but we might might need to pause again. We're both empty again, Chris. What happened? You forgot to turn the machine on. Yeah. Well, I guess we were just talking about what it is that we can talk about. And one of the things that I think was interesting for me, um, being able to come to Soapbox regularly for beers with mates and hanging out with new people and old people and, and seeing everyone that comes here otherwise... Um, it's interesting for me to be like, oh, what would it be like to run a venue? Who who would be the people that would come in to a venue like this? It's the same crowd you bring. It's an eclectic bunch of um, uh, Valley regulars and uh, beer lovers, um, people who are looking for something different. They're, they're largely beer-focused. I know that the name of your group's Beer With Mates, but occasionally we've got to serve them um, wine and other stuff, so... Maybe, well, also, maybe you can work on that. I also run a wine one, so right. and it was nice that, that you have um, a good wine selection as well at a brewery. Yeah, look, that, try and, trying to cater for everyone because we are central. That includes food and, and other bits and pieces of um, uh, drinking options too, including now um, the non-alcoholic stuff, which has been a bit of a, a new um, popular pursuit but yeah your your crew sort of sums us up mm. we we do cater for for everyone or try to in some form that doesn't mean if you ask for a forex gold you won't be asked to leave but um barring that 
there's yeah, there's something for everyone. And thinking about some of the events that you run here, if you think about trivia, is it a different crowd or is it fairly similar? Uh, yeah, look, the, the trivia crowd are, are here for trivia. They're here to show how smart they are. Don't worry. Um, they they come. They're a good regular crowd. They turn up every Wednesday. They wouldn't necessarily come here on a Friday, but they're dedicated to the pursuit of um, knowledge. Uh, and yeah, they, but they do come every Wednesday. Yep, yeah, they're a good regular crowd. Um, they're they're into their Look, they, they, they like the fact that it's at a craft brewery. It's yep. a point of difference for a trivia night. So uh, they're largely beer lovers, but they they come here for for our host, who uh, Nelly, who's very engaging, loves trivia, and it, it's a good good night out. So yeah, it's a good regular crowd. It's often the same faces because it is um, just what they're looking for. And a lunch crowd. Lunch crowd, yeah, we've got a bunch of local businesses around here that um, are very supportive. So when offices are working at full steam, yeah, lunch is a it's a good day out on a on a Friday. Awesome. So have lunch at a pub. What about dates? Do you get many people coming in <laughs> using this as a dating venue? Sure, to your meetup group <laughs> mostly. Um, yeah, look, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it is the discretion of the barman though couldn't really say yep um except to say um we did have one girl who was using us as a tinder meat point and um rather innocently the bar staff got to know her and said oh who's your friend this week uh, which wasn't um well what was fairly innocent that got to know her okay but every week it was a new date things um yeah sooner or later she was going to get a repeat date i'm sure but um, not the way that it was working at the time. <laughs> and um, and so, obviously, I've been doing this for quite a while now. Is there a, is there someone that you would love to have, or is there some sort of um, patron that you would love to have more of? If you could think of a market that you that you know comes in, has a good time, spends a bit of money. Who, who would you put that? Like, who, what would that market be? The ideal customer. Oh, um, I'm pretty happy with our current clientele. Yep. Anyone who's repeat business yep. is coming back because they like the place, and they're the, the sort of people that we want to see more often. We, we do have lots of regulars who, mm-hmm. um, you know, want to try the new beers that we're putting out. Um, who are embracing what we are, meaning that the, the brewery. And, yeah, we've, we've got a good bunch of them, a, a good crowd, including beers with mates. Awesome. I guess you keep turning up. Why do you keep turning up? Because it's one of the best located breweries in Brisbane. And no, beer's delicious. Beer yeah. and food's delicious. And I think the other thing is, what makes it easy for me, you guys are easy to deal with. Yeah, look, we like hosting you, so that... Yeah. Uh, and the crowd you bring is our crowd. Yeah. Um, and I guess if you haven't been to Soapbox and you maybe haven't had a, a beer poured from one of the taps, where do you buy your beer otherwise? Yeah, we're in local indie bottle shops in Cannes. Um, our friends at the Jazz Club are underwater this week, but they serve our beer on tap exclusively. And there's a couple of little places around town that are, you'll find us on tap, mostly the rotational uh, craft beer bars. So mm-hmm. they'll put on one keg of something. 
Um, you know, we're at Suburban Social's two locations this week. Um, we're at Netherworld tomorrow. We're at, we're around the place, but yeah, including the package stuff in about yeah, 30, 40 of the, the local uh, independent bottle shops. Yeah. Chris, you hit pause, and now there's a stack of glasses on the table. I'm not sure why you didn't hit record, but here we go again. Um, with the benefit of empty glasses, yeah, I was just saying that in setting up the business, I'd been self-employed my whole life, went to the bank to get the dough, and which seemed um, like a good idea. The bank couldn't get past the idea that um, there was going to be a year between them giving us the money, us setting it up, and there being any income. So... Never got the, the money from the bank, but uh, with the um, with this place has got the the um, donation box on the bar at the moment. We're overacting and proud. We had the benefit of a um, tragedy in the family that meant we had an inheritance, which was the result of. Um, ovarian cancer Megan's mum passed away and um, turns out she wanted us to open a brewery so when I went to Megan and said nah, surely your mum wanted us to open a brewery with the, her inheritance everything she's worked for her whole life needs to be our dream as well um, she said are you sure and I said yeah look it, it, in mid 40s I'm going to have a um, midlife crisis soon so I guess the options are re- realistically we can um, put all that money into a fast car, probably red sports car. It won't fit the kids in, but that's fine. I'm, I'm cool with that. You can come in the car occasionally too. So, um, would you like that? No. no. Uh, there wasn't a great response, so I needed other options. So we can open a brewery. There's a fantastic idea. Everyone's a winner. Beer for all. And said, yeah. I said, oh, or I can have an affair, so I'll leave it with you. You make the choice, and here we are many years later with a brewery, and I think the correct choice was made. No um, midlife crisis. That was averted through the um, generosity of beer. And obviously you've run your own business before, freelance work. Is it different being a freelancer versus running a brewery? Yeah, look, I'm, uh, um, I'm sitting here with my very best... Um, mullet and uh, handlebar moustache um, clearly I'm self-employed even when I was a freelancer you're still employed to do a job by someone else so it's a slightly different just contract work I guess be it a, a one day contract or a six month contract so yeah it, I am my own boss but um, that also comes with its challenges uh, it, it's part of the attraction of of running a place is you can do exactly what you want but it's also you are responsible so there's no other fallback there's no blame it, it all comes back on our shoulders so mm. it's that's small business yep. yeah and it's interesting I, I I don't think I fully appreciated what that was like until I went through a similar situation where I was a commission only salesperson and I had everything had been reasonably easy up until then and if I didn't sell anything yeah. I didn't have any money that's right that's up to you <laughs> so, so eventually you just need to get your shit together yeah did yeah. you get hungry or you got I, your shit together I, well I was pretty hungry and eventually yeah. I got my shit together but I, it didn't work out as easily as I thought it would yeah okay yeah. what were you selling 
Uh, I was selling uh, mutual funds and insurance, then eventually real estate. Right. So, yeah. Not beer. Not beer at the time. No. Yeah. yeah. Maybe you need to be beer assisted. <laughs> beer assisted real estate yeah. sales, right? Yeah, exactly. Meet at the yeah. bar on Friday. Let's have a chat about selling your place. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Do all, all your deals. Just turn up with a four pack of soapbox beer. Listing presentations in the corner. That's right. <laughs> Midday exactly. onwards from yeah. on Friday. I'll give you that room over there. Yeah. <laughs> Chris's room. No worries. Uh, it sounds entertaining. I'm not sure yeah. if the clients will catch on, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see who gets with the program. Yeah. <laughs> but I do think. Um, one of the big things that I'd like as, as part of me running a business is, um, or not necessarily running a business, but, but sort of running my own thing, being my own real estate agent, making my own money, is that, yeah, I run beers with mates, I drink your beer, mm. I bike my clients to, yeah, have a full pack of beer when I meet them, do you know? Yes. So, um, but who wouldn't? Exactly, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. No worries, Chris. Cheers. Cheers. What do you think of this lager? Uh, let me just double check. It's easy drinking. It's sort of, um, there's sort of like it's not a, a lime or something like that, but there's a slight sourness. Yeah, it's a it's a the hops used a mandarina Bavaria, so it's got yep. a citrus note to it. Yep, yep. And it's probably a little bit hoppier than a, a traditional lager should be. So yep, is where some of that flavour is coming from. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely got more flavour than a Corona with lime, but there's still that lime flavour. <laughs> yes, correct. Oh, I'm not sure Corona's Spit got that out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no well, comment I, necessary. I also don't really drink lager, you know. Yeah. Like at the moment, yeah. I've got Pilsner at home in my fridge. If I come here, I drink the IPA yep. and I'll have the hazy at the moment. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, when, when you had the sarsaparilla porter, yep. that was a big favourite of mine. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously the pale ale is easy to get to. And yeah. then if I'm driving, um, then I'll obviously look at some other options. And you do have some. Shit, Chris, alcohol is there anything options. you don't like? Yeah, I'm <laughs> pretty comfortable with all of it. Um, obviously, the as you say, the the margarita is. I'd have a glass of it, but I wouldn't have a session on it for yeah. me personally. Oh, but that's, I. That's but, fair. But that's how I feel about all sours. Yep. It's just they're just not necessary for me. Um, but I would drink a stout on it sunny Saturday in Brisbane as well. You so, like what you like. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>